Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And now a word from Mitt's Coffees. Thank you, Dan. Your friends at Mitt's Coffee are proud to offer Breathless Brew Light Roast Coffee, the perfect blend of beans for a late morning cup that... Like lighter roast coffees around the world, pack a higher level of caffeine in a flavorful, drinkable brew. You know, for many people, a medium or dark roast coffee is just too powerful in the late morning. But with Breathless Light Roast, you can be satisfied and alert, brimming over with new ideas and original concepts. Your colleagues will thank you as well, as you won't be flooding the communal workspace with that some might call dark roast coffee breath. And as many are aware, the lighter roast coffees usually have a higher caffeine level than many of the traditional darker roasts. But don't take our word for it. Let's ask a local coffee aficionado what they think. Are you ready for some questions about Mitt's Light Roast Coffee, Breathless Brew, Mrs. Yellow-Headed Blackbird? Great. What do you think of the lightness of taste that serves as the flavor base for Mitt's Coffee's new morning-to-midday blend? Aha, surprisingly potent for such smooth drinkability. Excellent. How would you describe the flavor of this lighter roast? Indeed. And with a higher caffeine potency, you don't need more than two or three cups to keep you productive and creative throughout the late morning hours. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great insight. Thank you, Mrs. Yellowheaded Blackbird. May your mornings continue to be so well-scheduled and task-driven. Folks, you don't have to have as busy a schedule as a yellow-headed blackbird to appreciate Breathless Brew, but we think you'll love it just the same. From the glow of St. Paul's number one, welcome to another edition of Cabin Country. Give us the time and we'll take you out of the traffic and away from the levee. Let's find the place where the loons call out among the moonlit waves where the wind sighs among the Norway pines. Pull up a dock chair, have a sip of your coffee, and get a line in the water. This is Cabin Country. Now here's Bjorn Lloydstedt, and I'm Fudd Klugman, with another Woodland Escape. Well, welcome back to Cabin Country. I'm Fudd Klugman. I am Bjorn Lloydstedt. And, uh, yes, we know, it's been, uh, a little bit of a stretch of time. Hiatus. A little bit of hiatus. Another another hiatus. Yes. Uh, it's like, what what's going on with you guys? Uh, but Projects galore. Projects galore. Like, last the end of last year, 2022, you found yourself kind of getting involved with a band. Yeah, yeah. Some music or a couple of came bands, my way, right? yeah. And still, still very much a part of that. And uh, we get to meet 
one of the guys um, who kind of started the band, as it were. And, Mr. And David Ebner. David Ebner, yes. Songwriter, guitarist, vocalist, bon vivant, if you will. And he's got a beautiful cabin that his parents yes. own on, oh, on Lower Gull gosh. Lake. Yes, unbelievable. He was kind enough to invite us up. Uh, right. And hang out. We all used to love this show called Second City Television. Right. And right. there was a John Candy character, Gil... Gil Hodges? Gil, no, Gil Hodges was a, a Los Angeles Dodger. I, I can't and, Well, anyway, but the fishing musician. That's right. right. And, fishing and, musician. And he'd yeah. always have rock rock stars and pop stars on, and, and they'd go to the lodge and do some songs, and then they'd have, you know, film footage of them out fishing with right. Gil. Right. And uh, to avoid a lawsuit, I guess we won't call it the, the fishing musician, but... It, you we'll know, have to come like, up with something. Yeah, uh, we we've got a an open platform, I guess we could say, to yeah. you know the the regional cabin country musicians, poets, artists, yeah, uh, authors uh, who also like camping, cabins, right, right. fishing, and possibly hunting. Yeah, and uh, give these people an opportunity to talk about something other than what they usually do, which right. is music, art, poetry. Right. What do you like to do on water skis? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, so, yeah. But you also had a project going yes. on and that and it and it took it took some time and deserves some air. Let's hear let's hear about it. Back in the golden year of nineteen eighty nine, when you and I were gainfully employed at a food joint, uh, right. a family food right. joint. We were paper hats and greasy aprons. Surly cooks in the back Indeed. line. Yes. That was a year before we built the cabin at my dad's place. Yep. Yep. But the fall of 1989, I got involved with some other friends, including Buck Fielding. Right. Or uh, should we call him Ed Brewster? Uh, <laughs> isn't he one and the same? Yes, uh, yes, yes. Anyways, uh, we, we shot a film in 1989. It was called The Wrong Door, a very low-budget mystery suspense thriller. Full-length feature. Feature length, and uh, the notable thing about it, since we had no money and we were in our early 20s and I was a mere four or five years out of high school, and sure. um, we figured we could do it on Super 8. Super 8. You know, Super 8, if you're familiar with it, is the original, mm -hmm. old, grainy, everyday working person's version of making movies. There and, you go. Uh, of course, now our phones have apps on them to try to make yeah, them look all... Mimic it, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Gritty and scratchy. Let's make the phone video look but like a exactly. vintage got, birthday I phone. do have that app, but uh, there's nothing like the real thing. If any of you have watched some of the uh, videos on um, the Cabin Country YouTube channel, you certainly see some old home movies my dad took. Oh, yeah. yeah of yeah, yeah. Uh, Gramps and Uncle Joe. Right. Upland Game Birds. Yes, all kinds of things. Cigars. Cigars and... <laughs> Upland Gamebird smoking cigars. Yeah, that's right. You're never smoking never an Upland Gamebird. Interesting, <laughs> interesting trips. We made our film. You can find it on YouTube. I uploaded it just a couple of years ago for the 30th anniversary. Oh, my. At any rate, it's being re-released now on a Blu-ray DVD. Blu-ray. Because for some odd reason, just in the past couple of years, people have been reaching out to me and some of the other guys. There are VHS collectors out there. They'll collect any movie they can find on VHS, VHS tape. cassette. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And even though we didn't become famous or didn't lead to any big right. film projects, we did get it sort of distributed, mostly on the West Coast. Okay. And, and it got into some video stores, even Blockbuster. Right. So it's, it's out there. And we've been reached out to, and I sent the last couple of copies I had 
In fact, they were both my parents' copies. <laughs> hey, uh, Dad, do you mind if I... Sorry, uh, can I have take, this? Take that back. Somebody wants to <laughs> buy it. <laughs> Not only are there VHS collectors, but there's a releasing company that distributes low-budget films, reached out to us and said, Hey... We want to redistribute. It's the right time. Yeah. For the wrong door. Right. That's Here right. Here we go. Yes, indeed. Knock, knock, knock. We've been scratching our heads going, do you believe it? Look at this. After all these years, somebody's interested in this little film we made. Wait long enough. Not only are they going to re-release the film, but of course they did the bonus feature additional things like they interviewed us. Sure. We also did some commentary where we, you know... Watched the film. All the rage, yes. And uh, made comments, mostly like, oh my gosh, you believe that, you know, the poetic license we took there? And <laughs> But uh, it was a lot of fun. And uh, I cut together a documentary called uh, Men Make Movie, If Not Millions. And that title is taken from <laughs> a St. Paul paper news article that the film critic at the time, Deborah J. Kunk, wrote about us. We, we wanted to get a review of the film. Yeah. And she didn't really review the film. She kind of, it was more of a, hey, look, look what these yeah. boys did here in the, the old neighborhood. Neat? Under Gosh. the glow of St. Paul number, number one. one in there. Actually, quite literally. Yeah. Under the glow yeah. of St. Oh, Paul's yeah. number yeah. one. I, I, I was on set a few times. But That's I, right. I uh, remember seeing the glow of St. Paul's number one on the horizon. Like up yes. there on Mounds, Mounds yes. Boulevard, kind of Yeah, around. Mounds Park. We, yeah. We, we shot out there at night. And uh, you can see the glowing number one in the background. You it's bet. A little bit hard to see because, again, we shot on Super 8 film. It doesn't have, didn't have a lot of latitude for mm -hmm. exposing mm -hmm. at night. But that was great. And yes, Bjorn, you made an appearance as a party goer. I was, yes. Uh, no one might believe this, but kind of a sarcastic, snarky party goer. I, yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, it, I, uh, it was stretching, truly, truly out of character. Stretching was not typecast at all. Way beyond. But, uh, okay, it's called Comfort The Wrong, wrong Door. The Wrong Door. It's about a singing telegram messenger. He's a college student who also sidelines as a singing telegram messenger, and he goes to the wrong door. In fact, it's Bjorn who grabs him when he's at the wrong door. And, hey, no, no, you got the wrong place. It's what place you're looking for is down here. And you even uh, say, nice suit, because he's yeah. wearing he's wearing a court jester outfit. Kind of like, yeah, the, the the Joker out of the bicycle deck. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, actually a brilliant costume designed, very by, impressive. designed by one of our production assistants who volunteered her time. Wow. At any rate, uh, it's a fun film, and the documentary was fun to put together, and uh, it has taken up uh, quite a bit of time early 2023 here for me. I do recommend that you, you go and... Try to find it on YouTube. It's called Men Make Movie, If Not Millions, on YouTube. Maybe you'll find the uh, Blu-ray release at some point. My wife Molly said, you know, you should... Uh, why, Talk it up. Why not pitch? Let's go. Let's hear about it. You can tell people what you've been up to. Amen. Gives you a little personal history of uh, Bjorn and I's beginning, and we kind of started hanging out more in like 89. Yes. Yes. Lean and hungry days. And uh, Creativity. Like, Built the cabin in 90, and then I think your first time up was about 92. Yeah. With your lovely wife and newborn Infant. son. Yes, we had the Bjorn Jr. Yes, Bjorn Jr. was up there. In fact, we, All uh, Pete. when it came to at time to sleep, we uh, uh, we let Bjorn, Bjorn and his wife and Bjorn Jr. sleep in the main cabin. <laughs> and my wife and I slept in the uh, the shop. So you the didn't extra... have to listen to that. Oh, yes. Yeah, it was... <laughs> 
Frankly, that was it. Here, don't feel guilty. Go ahead and don't use... like the sound of jet skis. Check out an infant at three a.m. But uh, anyways, that began the long tradition of oh, yeah. uh, Bjorn and Fudd. You bet. Kevin Bond. Was that the only time that your wife was up there? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, it was one shot. Yeah. So and, it, be- uh, it, be- it kind of became like, a, well, this is you boys go and do your thing up there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was kind of handed off. Like, well, yeah. I, you know, I got to see that and that's cool. But you guys like to fish and solve all the problems in the world and drink way too much coffee and go right ahead and do it. Yes. And we do. Yeah, and we do. And we've, we've turned that into also you know, film talk yes. and uh, old radio show Appreciation Week. And, right. of course, Cabin Country. Cabin Country. And and our Cabin Country Outdoors artists. Yes. I'm not quite sure what we're going to call it yet. Right? Fishing right. musician's pretty good. but It is pretty good. But Mike Leon's not a musician. I mean, no, he's an author. But, you know, we've had John Munson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a musician. We've, we've also got some other people we're going to reach out to. And yep. So, they're, they're, you know, it's, it's all, all the things we kind of like. Uh, music and outdoor stuff. and Eel pout. Well, eel pout, yeah. yeah. But uh, Courtly eel. Some of the music you're going to be hearing from Yeah, Yeah, Fine. Yeah, Yeah, Fine. You were part of that, uh, I am, that group. Uh, I am uh, one half of the rhythm section. Yes, I'm the bass player. The bass oh, player. That's so. So pay close attention to the bass lines. Because <laughs> there's Bjorn Lloydstedt. There he is. In all his, he's grooving. It's good stuff. I think you're gonna like it. Thumb calloused wonder. Yeah, <laughs> good stuff. But uh, yeah, let's let's take you back to our wonderful visit to uh, David's amazing Lower Gull Lake. It was place on Gull. That yeah. wasn't so much a cabin as kind of a, a, kind of a, one of those lake homes. Oh, it was beautiful, you know? gorgeous, yeah. unbelievable, and I loved the sailboat art. Motif. Oh yes, outdoor artwork on Without the walls and a big fireplace with a stone, yeah, that good stone found stone, yeah, fireplace. The stuff of cabin dreams. That's right. It's all right. We still like we still like our little. Uh, the shack is it's got a ca- cabin on the river. You bet. At any rate, why don't we uh, introduce Mr. Ebner let's, let's, here? Let's uh, hear from Yeah Yeah Finds David Ebner. We are joined today by Twin Cities musician. I'm going to go way out on a limb here and say St. Paul musician. Do I dare? That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yes. St. Paul rocks. Don't forget. Yes. Uh, we are joined by musician, songwriter, troubadour, extraordinaire, David Ebner, founder, Monuments to Humanity, and yeah, yeah, fine, the hottest voice coming out of the North at this point. And uh, musician, lifelong but he likes camping and cabins <laughs> and fishing. I do. I'm a flash in the pan you won't even see me go. Good to have you, David. Thank you for having me. Actually, you're having us. We're in the spacious Ebner cabin as we speak. Yes. Kind, it's, of, kind it, of blown away here. It's quite us. something to go from the... Well, fishing shack. The, the sort of, yeah, fishing yes. shack. Yes. My, my dad's we love. T- 20 foot by 24 foot uh, two room... I don't know. It's it's cozy and clean. It is, and it's got electricity Snug. and a shower. We had it. We had it up to almost eighty degrees last night. Oh my gosh, yes. Well, we wa- we we got up last night, and it was uh, about forty-two degrees inside. Right. Which wow is cold, and it yeah, t- took it, a while to to warm up in there. But once it did. Oh yes. Well, woke I kept up. I kept waking up every couple of hours and stoking the fire. And on one of those times, I woke up. I saw that you would 
gotten rid of your sleeping bag and we're sleeping. <laughs> no. All right, all right. Yeah, get a little warmer hot, here. Hot enough now. So, <laughs> get a glass of water. But uh, yeah, David's uh, place here, so oh, it belongs to your parents? Absolutely uh, gorgeous. Correct, yes. Okay. Yes. It, yeah, it's beautiful. It's on Lower Gull Lower Gull. Lower Gull. So you can look out the windows, the porch windows here, out of the, off the dining room, and just see a huge expanse of clean water. No, no Clear water, yeah. No beautiful weeds. That, uh, gorgeous. Now you said you there was there was your family part of the family hailed originally from Brainerd. Correct. My father being from Brainerd, uh, he had actually family further north that came to Brainerd from Fulton, Fulton, Minnesota. Wow. Now where's Fulton? I Fulton should know this. is close to Fargo. Okay. Uh, so the northwest so corner. Kind of in the on the border there. Yeah. Cold and, uh, Canadian climates. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And so, yeah, actually it was fascinating because I ended up going up there three or four years ago mm-hmm. to kind of visit the the cemeteries of where my sure. kind of great-greats were from and spent some time up there because I had a friend that was up there as well, so we went together. Sure. A lot of them came down to the Brainerd area right. to uh, start their their families. So. Okay. Was there any kind of like businesses or here or anything like uh, um, at the Brainerd time? Area? Yeah. So at the time when my fa- so my father is an only child. Okay. And my grandfather, his father, had was running a pharmacy. Okay. Uh, in downtown Brainerd. Right. And so he had done that for quite a while, and then eventually my father moved down to. St. Paul and right. my mom and right. the, rest the rest of history. history. Absolutely. Yep. I would always have to ask if, if there's an old pharmacy in the family. Were they making things like phosphates and green river they, sodas? Yes, yes. There was a phosphate bar nice. that uh, they would run. Uh-huh. It was uh, it was a big deal back then. You know, that was kind of the kind of precursors to yep. uh, mass-produced soda. Yeah, and you go yeah. in Green River. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'm not that big a lime fan. But. Right. I know in St. Paul, there's actually where the St. Uh, Claire broiler used to be. Yeah. Kitty Corner there on the drugstore. They used yep. to, I think they still do. They do, yeah. Uh, phosphates. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yep. And they got an ice cream counter and five cent coffee. Yeah. Well, at least that used to be. Yeah. I think that that's, that's, might still be their thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was good, good stuff. Yeah. I, my kids loved that place. Yeah, I, I did too. It's, it's yeah. It was always a go fun get your place prescriptions to go. and have an ice cream. While you're yeah, <laughs> wonderful. The, yep. the regulars sitting there at the bar drinking their coffee. Absolutely, good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. You have a particular favorite when you think about the strange old days of soda fountain fun. Oh gosh, um, I was a big fan of lime, mm-hmm. but then once they kind of got really fancy, I'd have a. Uh, they do the French, where they put the like the cream in. Oh my! And they really kind of jazz it up. A jazz bit. it up for wow. sure. We showed up, and and David, you'd already told us about your. You know, we're going to talk about all things music. Yes. Clearly, we need to know what your favorite lure is. And yes. You, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, so mine is the Daredevil. All right. I particular was, particular color scheme. You like? Yeah, I loved the kind of the the banner of the white and red. Yep, classic red um, and white. And it didn't matter what fish I was fishing for. It yeah, was <laughs> just kind of my all around favorite growing up. And Good size spoon, kind of a smaller version. I would say it was a medium size. Yeah. Okay. All right. And um, 
Didn't catch too much with that particular lure, right. but um, always love to use it. Got an interesting shape to them. They move yeah. strangely going through yeah. the water. You know, yeah. kind of unique. On the Gull River, where where you're at there, for the it's a it's a weed grabber. <laughs> Those treble well, hooks yeah. are weed grabbers. That's yeah, it's very weedy on the Gull, so we uh, we have to cast in the middle of the channel if we can. We have a dock that goes right. We're just 15, 20 feet away from right. where the channel is, so it's a great fishing spot actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. That's where you cast your daredevils if it's that's right before it gets too weedy. I was always keen on the uh, kind of like blaze orange hammered copper daredevil. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. Oh, yeah. It's just I never found one with a little daredevil head on it. Yep. Yeah. I liked the daredevil head. Yeah. Cool. And of course, we going through old tackle boxes. Oh yeah. You and I both found found the original devil old, head. Old, old. I think even our friend Mike Lean uh, commented on uh, right. The, you know, stay away from the knockoffs, which your, right. your dad had a few. My dad had a lot of knockoffs. We went through Bjorn's tackle box and found some old um, daredevils like black and white and green and white still in their plastic. Zaire Shopper City. Tech. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> I, I'm familiar with 75 those. cents and yeah. gem. Yep. Gem liquidators. Ne- never taken out. Wow. So they must be never used. Maybe 80, 85 cents now. Right. You know? Yeah, a whole buck and a half or something. But, uh, so Daredevil was your favorite. Uh, yeah. yeah, did you have a favorite fish that you caught most often or that you like to catch the most? Or? So, I mean, the one story that I really remember quite well was when we were over on the other side of the lake out on my neighbor's dock. It was just this awful storm with just, you know, white caps and everything. Right, right, right. I had nothing on my hook and I was just doing it for the leisure and I caught a largemouth bass. I had that mounted Oh, wow. In Brainerd mm-hmm. and is hanging on my wall now down in the wow. cities. And that was when I was probably around 10 years old. Wow. wow. Yeah. Was there a weight on this, David? How, how big a fish are we talking? Oh, gosh. I mean, for me back then, because yeah, I thought wow. it was just enormous. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I would say it was probably about five pounds. That's a good size bass. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. This delicious bass. Yeah. <laughs> and nothing on the hook. I was just nothing blown away. Yeah. You know, I, we usually, our go-to are either night crawlers or leeches, yep. you know. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that particular day, Absolutely I had nothing going. nothing. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. I, so. I did something similar with a neighbor's dock at one point on the whitefish chain where it was, I think my dad was just trying to get rid of me right, right. <laughs> yeah. and i had a neighbor friend up with with me and uh so why don't you guys take this can of corn oh and your zebco reels over onto the neighbor's dock and it was i have no idea why they had like an eight section dock going yeah, way yeah, up yeah, in the middle yeah. of this long skinny lake because i was like that's almost hazardous yeah you know if people are water skiing or whatever but uh yep yeah went and went and went on and on and on and um so we stood out there, and the same kind of deal, kind of humid and gross and gray yeah, yeah. and steamy, and the, the weather was starting to get funky, but with whole corn niblets oh boy, and hooks, we got into a school of sunfish, and it was just one after another after another, and you know. So, Dad, we're keeping them all. You're going to clean every one of them. He said, absolutely not. Oh. <laughs> Getting rid of those right now, buddy. That's genius on the corn, though. That's real. Yeah, I guess it works. Yeah. Yeah, my dad shared a story in a recent episode of ours where he was with my cousin Doug yeah. at the culvert, which is just of a spot, a back bay up on the Gull River that goes into a back lake, Red Fox Lake, I think. And oh, nice. They didn't have worms or ran out, and 
my cousin Doug used a dandelion and, and caught a sunfish with it. Wow. <laughs> so there you go. Depending on how hungry those cigar fish butts. On a, on a past episode, a couple of years now, we, yeah. I tried featuring a c- cigar butt cigar as a possibility. Butt lure, yeah. Or well, something. There's a Japanese lure company online that offers a top floater. That's a cigar That's butt? a cigar, yeah, with a human face. <laughs> oh, nice. Yes. Yeah, and I was like, wow, wow, that's unusual. And I, are they biting on cigars these days? You know? <laughs> yeah, oh, my Depends. God. Is that a Candela? Is it a <laughs> Robusto? Right. Connecticut wrapper? Big what? Churchill, maybe yeah, for a musket. Yeah. But... Well, looking out again at this beautiful lake. That's I, gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, what's it? I'm asking this as somebody who's had like a five-mile strip of a river to go up and down, and that's it. Right. Way different than when you look out your window. You've got a huge lake here. Yes. What? How do you even, like, do you take long boat rides where, like, well, we're going to spend the day yeah, and we're going to go to the other yeah. side? No, it's a great question because what we end up doing is we just kind of start out and take the whole kind of coastline and go around. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, for two reasons. The first being is that we like to look at, you know, the, the cabins and yeah, different sure. styles. Absolutely. Wave to people. But also, um, I don't know the full story behind it, but back in the day, this could be part myth. But there is a huge rock pile if you were to go straight across from where we're at and on the other side. And it's laid out in buoys, and unless you're really familiar with the lake... I mean, you could easily hit the propeller with it. Mm-hmm. Right, and, right. You know, really if you're going full up. speed, you would Absolutely. mess Serious things up. damage. Yeah, so that's another reason why we've kind of been doing that every, you know, year. Get to know the lake. Yep. Get yep. to know the lake. And this yeah. is officially Lower Gull Lake, right? This Correct. Is, okay. Yep. And then Gull Lake is over some more? It kind of, looking out at the lake where we're at, it wraps around to the right and sure. goes a little bit more. Dog leg right. And eventually you get to some restaurants like Bar Harbor and yeah. Zorba's, yeah. Yeah. which will then take you into Margaret Lake. Okay. And then if you keep going, take you to like Niswa Lake. Mm. Sure. I know that also this part is also referred to as Dutchman's Bluff. Dutchman's Bluff. All right. I like that. So yeah, it's a really. Co- I, I like that. It's a really yeah. cool name. I'm trying to figure out how I can utilize Dutchman's that. Bridges. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a song title, David. Right. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Dutchman's Bluff. Yeah, Spent a half yeah. hour out on Dutchman's Bluff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's part of the reason why we kind of go around the uh, the coastline area. something very similar happened on a fishing trip with my my I always refer to the guy as my sort of my uh, surrogate grandfather okay lived, lived kitty corner from us yeah and Fudd you've heard the stories of like, mm-hmm. in fact you've used the man's bamboo fly, rod yes. yeah the fly rod and uh, yes he was a hunter a fisherman the whole bit and, and uh, from the on Alaska Wisconsin area, oh okay lacrosse on Alaska and Cooley country as they like to call it. But uh, he and my dad and I went to kind of mid-northern Ontario mm. way back in the day, about 1977. It was kind of one of these fly-in things with, you know, the float plane. And the oh, for sure. And huge yeah. lake, huge lake with lots of, 
know, there were like back bays and the main water and more back bays and all this yep. stuff. It had its own waterfall on it. I mean, it was oh, crazy. We, we saw moose, you know, there were wolves. I was like, wow, man, this is for real. Um, horrible fishing. Unbelievably <laughs> oh, yeah, bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even like, and they kept talking about, you're never going to believe it. They're just going to leaping into the boat. Well, nothing leaping into the boat. I'll say that much. <laughs> but... Uh, Fridge full of lard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Un- unplugged refrigerator full of old blocks of lard. They sent you out. Every group went out with at least two pounds of lard because you're going to use that to fry yeah. your fish, of course. Mouth-watering. And this refrigerator was unplugged. Oh. I don't know if there was any power to this cabin, to tell you the truth. I mean, it's unplugged. And then uh, it was, like, filled with old pounds of lard. And I was just like, don't. Open that refrigerator door, whatever you do. <laughs> oh, man. But, um, yeah, we were flying along through the middle of the lake at one point, and no buoys, no markers, yep. no nothing. I say flying along. It was like a 16-foot fishing boat with a five-horse. Oh, wow. <laughs> and two adult men and a, yeah. and a teenager. And, and yep. uh, But out in the middle of the lake hit a column of rock yeah. that just oh, yeah. came. It was like six inches below the surface. I mean, right out. And it's like being out on Minnetonka or, or yeah. White Bear or something. And yeah. like, right out there is this huge basalt column coming, <laughs> you know. And I'm like, why did they not mark this? Right. Why, but, but it's like we stopped dead in our tracks. The motor started making a lot of interesting noise. Yeah. And I had like a 75-year-old man in my lap. Yeah. You know, we now had a... <laughs> I don't know what you would have called it. Top floater lure stuck in his thumb. Oh. <laughs> just like, oh man, they were both hot. You know, wow. my dad and Kenny were both just like, what the heck was that? I don't believe it. Yeah, and that's awful. It was something interesting. I, mean, I remember we left the place and we kind of let him know, you know, the one motor didn't work and both boats leaked. And the guy who flew the plane said, yeah, it's nothing. Both my pontoons leak on this airplane, so don't worry about it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, do you say that in flight? Yeah. <laughs> Be glad we got off the lake. Uh, yeah, there's something else. But, Fudd, you look like you're about to say something. I well, I'm just curious, shut you down again, with the, with the uh, lake and kind of going around the shore and, yeah. and everything. What Do you know, are you familiar with the depths of... Of most of, well, at least in the year part of right, yeah. Lower Gull here. You know, you know, I would say that our dock is out thirty or forty feet. Okay, and then at that point, when you're standing, it's about five and a half feet. Right between here and where Ernie's is, there's, uh, I believe, it's owned by like some park over there where it's just always preserved. Oh, okay. okay. Um, and I remember, like, we'd have, like, one of the depth meter uh, sure, reader yeah, things, yeah. and you could not get anything. I mean, oh. it was so deep. Oh, that, wow. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and I would not have guessed. Back in the day, I don't know if you're familiar, with a place called the Quarter Deck. Um, Sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah. I think maybe because you were talking about Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, which is local in that, lore. It's in that Quarter region deck. over there, and um, in that area, you can't get a reading on the hmm, depth, how deep the it depth is reading. yeah wow yeah. Hmm. so wow yeah and that's if you're moving slow too i know if you're moving oh too yeah fast. even if you're going if you're just like kind of just trailing Dead along columns. okay yeah it's it's hard to get a, a read wow yeah. interesting yeah. fairly well versed david in the nisswa area yeah pequot yep uh because a what while about? ago fudd and i were lucky enough to have uh sue scott and tim russell on 
from Perry Home Companion. Yeah. And, oh, and Tim sure. Russell talks yeah. about going to a family cabin on uh, Lower, Lower Cullen. Cullen. Lake, oh, Lake. Cullen, yeah. Yeah. You know where that's at? I know where it's at. I've not been there, but yeah, I know okay. where it's at. Yep. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Can't be too yep. far from here. No, yeah. no. Yeah. I would say it's about 16 minutes, 15, 16 okay. minutes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Plenty of beautiful lakes in the area. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we're on a little weedy river, but we love it. <laughs> we love it. Yeah. It's a beautiful patch of weed. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Ospreys yes. and eagles and oh yeah, we have a lot of ospreys of... over here too. Yes, yeah, yes. We also is. noticed uh, driving. Now it's October fifteenth today. Correct. Just to be specific about what time of the year and the Ides of October. It's uh, hunting season. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were deer all over the place. Yes. I mean, this is almost like a refuge on all the cabin properties. Yeah, what's, yeah. what's the story with that? We came in here and it's like there's deer everywhere. What's yeah. just, what's Looking going down, man? What's this <laughs> all about? It's, you know, one of those things where, I mean, ever since we've had this property, um, there have been deer occupying that particular area coming in. But it's, um, you know, it's a no hunting zone right, area. Right, um, right, yeah. And they come in. We have a couple of foxes every now and then that'll come, mm-hmm. you know, down in the summertime and play sure. around. And at one point, I think about three or four years ago, we had a coyote that okay. was prowling the uh, little coastline here. And, sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we'll get all types of little creatures right. coming down here. But specifically deer, they they do pop down, and even in front of the cabin, we'll hang see out. them walking around. They get pretty comfortable. They do around people. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The coyote. Now, did you did anybody in this? area of the lake get kind of freaked out and call the dnr or like hey we got a coyote no i mean at the time so terrible tim torgerson comes out with his <laughs> right right coyote handcuffs and exactly takes, takes him in the back of the truck yeah yeah <laughs> well at the time we had actually we were waking up it was the morning and our dog chucho he wanted yeah. to go outside and when i looked outside i saw that there was a coyote and it was already kind of walking in the water and was coming out because mm-hmm. the paws were like, you know, had been wet. wet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so kept him inside and waited till that to come. But that was the first and only encounter that I had had with a coyote up here. Right. So, Well, in my neck of the woods, which is also your neck of the woods, yeah. we've seen several coyotes running there down, are. down the streets. You yeah, know, yeah. a joke at one point. Under the glow of St. Paul's number one. Under the glow of St. Paul's number one, very close to Minneapolis... Uh, border, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, and they, you know, the neighborhood's called Highland Park, and they referred to it in the local paper as the the Hyote. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the Hyote. Yep. And somebody <laughs> said, "Well, I got news for you. There's more than one Hyote, and if uh, you got yeah. one, you've got a bunch. You do. They're, they're probably down by the river, you know, hanging out. That's exactly. Yeah, I mean, because our house is about four blocks from the river, mm-hmm. and so a lot of them will come and uh, walk the streets and sure. roam around. Sure. But when COVID happened. I would say about maybe six months after that, we started getting deer walking yeah. in front of our house. Hmm. Right. Because of, again, with out. the acclimation of them yeah. finally not seeing people on cars yeah. and all that, it was just like they got closer and closer. Right. So, yeah, that was a first yeah. for us. Well, our old place, we just moved away from recently, but I remember watching what I thought was somebody's Great Dane <laughs> yeah. leap the fence and come running up the street towards our Oddly enough, Halloween block party. Yeah. <laughs> the street <laughs> closed off, and I was like, man, that's a big dog. Right. 
with eight points. Oh. That's a buck. <laughs> this thing just kind of yeah. flew by, and I had a neighbor who was way into uh, that holiday as a, as a time to festoon his lawn and dress up like a ghoul staff member. No, he, he was always decked out like a Hogwarts professor with oh, like, the hat yes. and the moon glasses. Yeah. And, you know, and, um, the thing leaped over his fence and then wow. through his, and he had a tiny little yard. It was like a half parcel, and, and the thing went over his fence and then through his yard and over again. Yeah, down Montreal, down Davern. I'm sure headed back to the river. Yeah, but I was just yeah. like, that's a great day. That's an <laughs> eight point great day. No, yeah. that's a buck. Okay, <laughs> weird, 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 weird. I think uh, we got to take a short break because uh, I see that Losing. my recorder is down to one bar. Uh oh. Uh, Thank you, Don. We can, we'll uh, take a minute. Yeah, we'll take right a minute back. and come right back with uh, David Edmund. David. Excellent. Relocated, designated to a place where alligators play. Still, I'm grasping. We take you now to a national forest of the North Country. One of the major forest resources is the opportunity for healthful outdoor recreation. Hiking, picnicking, camping, mountain climbing, hunting, fishing, and nature study are recreational activities which thousands of visitors to our national forests enjoy. There is no charge for entering most of our national forests, and the U.S. Forest Service asks of its visitors only that they observe the few simple regulations, particularly as to the sanitation and care with fire. Today, as we tune in on the Jack Pine Ranger District, we find Supervisor Eakins and Jimbo inspecting one of the so-called special use areas, where a number of families have put up summer cabins on sites leased under permit from the Forest Service. Where are you going now, Mr. Eakins? I think we'd better have a look at that water supply, Jimbo. Okay. Gosh, it'll sure be a relief to go by ourselves for a while. All we've been hearing all morning is foolish questions from the tourists and summer home permittees. Well, you know, they sound foolish to us, Jimbo. But what sort of questions would you ask a sailor on an ocean liner, for instance? <laughs> He'd ID me as a landlubber, all right. Heaving ho! <laughs> I reckon we all act irresponsible when we get out of our backyards. I remember one time I was in Chicago, I stopped a man and asked him how to get to the post office. There I was, standing right in front of him. <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> he gave me that same kind of look you give that girl who asked you if forest rangers ever get thrown out of their park vehicles. <laughs> well, some of these folks do ask such silly questions. One girl stopped me the other day when I was coming out of the store at Fizzy Creek, mm -hmm. and she pointed at my badge and said... Say, Mr. Ranger, what does that CC stand for? <laughs> Did it ever occur to you that the young lady maybe wanted to get a real close-up of a handsome, sunburned young forest ranger? <laughs> You're just funning me, right, Soup? <laughs> well, here's where we draw the water supply for the Maples Tourist Campground, Jimbo. The summer home permittees in this area get their drinking water here, too. Hmm. Creek shows effects of that big burn we had, all right. What do you think, Superintendent? Are we going to have to develop a new water supply? Looks like we'll have to, Jimbo. With the forest cover burned off where it protects the headwaters of our little creek here, it's going to run muddy after every rain now until we can get the new forest growth started. That might take several years. I guess the summer home folks won't mind using the spring up the road, temporarily at least. It'll be good exercise. Well, they'll have to use it for their drinking water for the time being, but uh, it's quite a ways for them to have to carry their water. Well, there's always something we can blame the fire on. Doggone. 
Forest fires sure can be a lot of trouble. Yes. Folks around here will be feeling the effects of that fire on Eagle Mountain for years to come, me boy. I guess they will. Oh, boy. It might have been a bit worse, though. We did pretty well to stop it where we did. With the wind whipping up that way. I'll say so. Boy, I sure had my guts in knots for a while. Yeah. The greatest damage from that fire, Jimbo, is the loss in watershed values. Burning up that forest cover that helps regulate the flow of water from that drainage. And water's life, boy. Besides coming in handy now and again to wash your face in. Does come in handy for that. I think I'll wash a little sweat off here in the creek right now. Go to it, son. We're below the water supply intake. The bears won't mind. (laughs) Boy, it's still plenty cold. There. I can get my handkerchief out of my pocket for a towel. Well, if you'd have taken your handkerchief out before you'd started, you wouldn't have had to reach into your dry pocket with your wet hand. And you've demonstrated the advantage of careful planning as a basis for operations. Not to mention the young campers yelling at you that you've just wet your britches. (laughs) That's right. Well, it feels good anyhow. Cools you off a lot. I was just thinking about rolling up my slacks and taking off my socks, wading it up to me shins. Yeah, sure. Well, here comes one of our summer home permittees. Say, look at that umbrella she's carrying. Who is she? That is Mrs. Pitchpipe. She's the one that was complaining a few weeks ago about her neighbor chopping wood too early in the morning. Uh, oh, yeah, I remember. She, yeah, I wasn't too keen on the smell of his bacon coming out of that site either. Come to think of it, she's complained about how loud our horses are when we ride through these areas checking out sites. Oh, yeah, I remember. I reckon we'll probably hear some more fussing and foolish questions now. Good morning, Mrs. Pitchpipe. Look here, sir. Our water is muddy. It has been muddy most of the time lately. Crunchy, foul. Yes, yes, I know, Mrs. Pitchpipe. You see, that's because the big fire we had up on Eagle Mountain burned off the forest understory that protected the headwaters of our creek here. Oh, is it, huh? Well, you rangers shouldn't have let it burn off. Say, What do you think we're doing up there on that fire? Fighting night and day without any sleep and everything? You should have put it out right away. We did put it out. It was a tough fire to fight, Mrs. Pitchpipe. (laughs) I reckon you better be pretty thankful we got it stopped when we did, Mrs. Pitchpipe. If we hadn't, would have kept it right on this way and burned out your summer home and all the rest of the cabins in this area. Well, your job is to keep such fires from starting in the first place. Well, we've been trying to do that for 25 years, Mrs. Pitchpipe, and we're still trying. If you could suggest a quicker way to teach people how to be more careful with fire, we'd sure be grateful. They ought to be put in jail. Well, maybe so. That reminds me, Mrs. Pitchpipe, I do have a note in my book to call your attention to the fact that I've noticed you've been burning trash too close to that old dead log back of your house. Well, I have? Yes, you have. And if that log got to smoldering and a heavy wind came up, it might scatter sparks all over the place. Fires start that way sometimes. They do? Yes, And we certainly don't want the woods around here to catch on fire, because if they did, your cabin would be sure to burn up too. What? Well, why didn't you say something about this before? You'd have let my cabin burn up without doing a thing. Land's sake. Not if we could help it, ma'am. You see, your campsite permit carries with it certain conditions about care with fire. I thought you'd be familiar with them. Yeah, and what was it you said that they ought to do with people that are careless with fire? Look here, young man. Don't you try to insinuate that I'm careless about fire. Who, who is this man, Mr. Ranger? He's the assistant, Mr. Quark. He's the assistant to your ranger, Joe Baskin. Well, he is very impertinent, and I'm sure he's the one who makes all the noise with that siren on the fire truck. No, ma'am. 
not guilty this time. Why can't you have them run their siren more quietly? It's very disturbing. Well, you see, Mrs. Pitchpipe, when the truck's going to a fire, it gets at a pretty good clip, and I reckon it's the best to let the other folks know it's coming. Well, it is the most annoying thing I have ever heard. Why can't you have it go some other way when it goes to a fire? Well, we have to send it the quickest way possible, Mrs. Pitchpipe. Well, I suppose I'll have to put up with it. But I wish you would change the telephone line that runs by my place. Well, now, what's the matter with that? I don't like it. <laughs> I see and it's right in the way of my view of Cloud Lake. Well, now, that's a shame. Why can't you move it over by the Dalton's cabin? I'm afraid we'll have to leave it where it is, Mrs. Pitchpipe. We've used a lot of care in picking out where it was to go, and that seems to be the best route for it. I'm sure it would do just as well if it went by the Dalton's cabin. Oh, and I've been intending to speak to you about this, too. Have you noticed how Mr. Dalton's wife runs around? I can't say that I have. Does she do that? Well, I wouldn't say a word if she wasn't one of my best friends, but I think you should speak to Mr. Dalton about it. I really think you should. Well, I'm afraid that's a little outside my boundaries, Mrs. Pitchpipe. <laughs> Even if I am the forest supervisor. But to get back to this water supply business, I guess you'll have to get your husband to carry drinking water from that spring up the road till we can get a pipe down here. I certainly will not. Well, I reckon about the easiest way to get it, unless you want to have the water hauled in from town. But I, I, I can't allow my husband to carry water that far. I have to watch his health every minute, carefully. And besides, well, well, it's rather degrading carrying water in buckets. Never felt that way when I carried water, and I have a sort of feeling, Mrs. Pitchpipe, that your husband might enjoy it. In fact, it might even be good for him. Well, I suppose we'll have to put up with it. That's just it. Look here, Mrs. Pitchpipe, you get the wrong slant altogether. Sir! You've got the wrong idea of a summer outing. Most folks come up here just for the opportunity, for the privilege of putting up with stuff like that. They come up here for a change, and it's things like carrying water and chopping their own wood that make it a change from the way they're used to living. You see, they come up here expecting to find things different, and they're ready to put up with it. Not only that, but to get all the fun they can out of it. Well, I never heard such a ridiculous thing. Take this young Mrs. Dalton you're talking about. She's having the time of her life, riding and hiking and playing with the kids and working alongside the men. And it doesn't seem to mean a thing except that she knows how to make the most of her summer outing. It is a scandal the way she carries on. And now you take my advice, Pitchpipe, and go back to that husband of yours and get him a couple of buckets and tell him to take off that coat. And I bet he'll have the time of his life. I certainly will not. And you ought to try carrying a bucket or two yourself, Pitchpipe. Be good for you. Sir, I'll not listen to such talk any longer. <laughs> good day. So long, Mrs. Pitchpipe. Gosh, she sure can take the joy out of a life, can't she? She means all right, Jimbo. She just has to get a few kicks out of her system now and then so she'll feel better. Come on, boy. Let's get lined up on where we want to run this new pipeline. All right. Gosh, we've had enough funny questions and everything already to last us a month. <laughs> Well, I guess Mrs. Baskins isn't in the sitting room, Jimbo. Yeah, she didn't expect me back to the station so early. Oh, Mrs. Baskins! Back already? How'd the day go here at the station, Mrs. Baskins? Anything out of the ordinary happen? Oh, nothing special, Mr. Eakins, except that Mr. Blanche, one of Joe's sheep permittees, you know, called up and complained that Mr. Pringle's herders were letting their sheep run over on his grazing allotment. Yeah, better make a note to speak to Pringle's herders about that, Jimbo. Okay. I'll tell Joe I took care of it. And then there were a lot of telephone calls, mostly tourists asking questions. 
That's all we've been getting today up on the summer home area. One goofy question after another. Ah, this must be strange question day. (laughs) What was bothering them, Mrs. Baskins? Well, one man called up and wanted to know if it was all right to feed the bears that come around the campground. I told him he'd better not let the meat out of his hand if he had any future need for the hand. (laughs) That's a good one. And then there were several other people that stopped by and a lot of phone calls about little things, but I think I got everybody satisfied. There's the phone again now. I'll get it. Hello, Jack Pine Ranger Station. Yes, ma'am. Hmm? Oh, well, just a minute, please. That's Mrs. Duval, one of the summer cabin people. She says there's a great big wolf spider in her cabin. She wants the ranger to come take it out. <laughs> Tell her to take a broom to it. Hello, yes, Mrs. Duval. Why don't you try taking a broom and... Well, all right. Goodbye. She says the spider's gone now anyhow. Probably it was the scaredest one of the two. (laughs) Say, this is getting on my nerves. I suppose it's a ranger's duty to shoo spiders out of people's cabins and tents too, huh? It's a ranger's duty to listen patiently to people's troubles and questions and help the visitors to this forest any way he can, Jimbo. Someone's coming up on the front porch. I wonder. Sure enough. He looks kind of serious, doesn't he? Like he's got something on his mind. I bet he's going to ask some crazy question or crab about something, too. Yes, or another impossible request, I suppose. Uh, Say, Ranger. Yes, sir. Come on in, sir. Are you the Ranger in charge here? No, that Ranger's away for a couple of days, but I'm the supervisor. Will that work for you? Well, I've been traveling over your national forest here. I stopped at your Tamarack campground. Yes, sir. Anything wrong? I've got to compliment you fellows on the excellent way you're managing this forest. Hell no, thank you, sir. Won't you sit down, (laughs) mister? Say, have a chair, won't you? Oh, let's all have a song, yeah? What do you say? Well, I guess it wasn't such a bad day for Jimbo after all. It's a hard job to satisfy everybody all of the time, but Paul Bunyan's foresters are always endeavoring to look after the welfare of their forest visitors as best they can and to render efficient and disinterested public service at all times. Tune in Thursday after next at this same hour for another look-in on Ranger Joe and Jimbo. Paul Bunyan's Foresters comes to you as a presentation of the Cabin Country Broadcasting Network with the cooperation of the Upper Midwest Cut Timber Association and the Cabin Country Forestry Service. This is Blood Luskin speaking. Seems like I've been here before I've seen those stockings hanging on your shower door you sent me off, you had enough, now you think I am just your jazzy afterthought. You know, I've, I've described our place, you know, a 20 by 24 foot comfy shack. But it is. This but... is a, 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 a kind of a lake home cabin. Yes. Give people a, a, a mental tour of, of, of what this house is and when it was built. and. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this was built back in the early 90s, I would say like around 92, 93. When you come in, you are facing a attached garage. So you go into the garage and above that is a loft. 
area. Mm-hmm. We, that was, uh, you walked us through that, right? Yep, yeah, we saw yep. that. Yeah. Uh, very coming, spacious. Yes, very spacious. And then if you come through the front door, then obviously you come into where we are in the dining room area, which is uh, also kind of open space to the kitchen and the uh, living room. And then behind where um, Blake is, Bjorn. Is, uh, Bjorn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, we also have a, a porch with a, a deck that's kind of a wraparound. Right. Mm. Oh, nice. Beyond the living room, we have a den area. And then upstairs, we have two bedrooms and the loft. Lots of room for families and stuff. So you could really and yeah. all, have and a large all group season, up here. And all Correct. Season yeah. Long. I mean, yeah. you're not like. Let's get the sleds out and cruise across Lower Gull on the ice, are you? No, but that is interesting that you bring that up yeah. because that and is something not, that there's we've... anything wrong with that. It just no. it didn't really seem like I we never talked about that, so I wasn't sure if you did. Yeah, I when, know that's huge up here. Oh, very much yeah. so, especially with snowmobiles. You bet. You know, you get around the you know eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock hour, and you see just a string of lights coming at you sure. from <laughs> sure. across the lake. Yeah, and looking out of the cabin to the right where there's bluffs you can see the lights that are they have huge floodlights on over at ski gull if you've ever driven yeah, by that. that yeah interesting and that's become kind of that. a very popular destination for people that are up here either coming from the cities or who live up here to uh come and downhill ski and then you have others who just kind of do some snowshoeing mm-hmm. you know around the area cross-country skiing i'm guessing yep yep nordic and then I forget the month, but there is a huge ice fishing competition up here. Oh, cool! Uh, yeah. In the wintertime as well, that's become yeah. very popular and has been covered by the big local news stations. Uh, right. Okay. Over right. the years, so not probably fishing for eel pout like in Walker, Minnesota. Right. Uh, eel pout festival. I don't think so. That's that's kind of like it's got its own curious kind of like Sturgis of the North yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of feel to it. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's really turned into something. Yeah, crazy, you know, yeah. and like bowling for frozen eel pout and all that right. stuff. Like the eel pout girls, you know, I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Plenty of winter activity up here. Oh, yeah. If you're, yeah, if you're yeah. into it. Yeah. Hmm. We try to get up here as much as possible over the off season for some of the holidays and whatnot. It's fun to kind of to get away and come up here. And the house here is how far from the shoreline would you say? It's not too far. Like uh, probably about 50 yards. We're 75 feet from the shore. Now, the, the new code is that your cabin has to be 100 feet right. yeah. from the river. Yeah. From the river. Yeah. But I don't know what it's like on a lake. Right. but uh, So at our old place, we had it right on the water. Oh, uh, okay. A boathouse? We house? had a boathouse that we didn't really use the actual storage of boat for that. Right. Um, but the top part, you had a sleeping area. Hmm. And so similar to the loft that I showed you to right. earlier was kind of the same setup. It was gorgeous because we had these wood panels that would come down and you would lock them. Otherwise, you open them, it would swing up and it had like a little lock that you put on the hook. Sure. The, yeah. The little eye hook. Sure. Like hurricane doors yep. or something. Yeah. Yep. And so, and then we had screens. So if it was nice out, you would just leave them up. There you go. And you could hear the sounds of the waves and oh, the, the oh, water. Oh, nice, And it was gorgeous. Yeah. And now, because of that, uh, this was back in like the 70s and, and mm-hmm. you know, 80s. Mm-hmm. Now they have to be grandfathered in. So it's right. one of those yeah. things that if you are right. to do that, 
it has to otherwise you have to really like you were saying earlier build back absolutely um and so that was a fortunate thing back then that we had that i really truly miss because that was just probably the highlight of my childhood coming up here was being able to sleep in the boathouse oh yeah it was like a, a northern experience of having a fort a you clubhouse know? yeah, yeah, yeah. clubhouse yeah fort you know up all night and playing games and looking at we had like all the mad magazines and uh we had you know comic books of archie and all those things and so it was just a lot of fun back then and those were really fun memories and uh something and we had an outhouse which was another highlight that we loved unique um (laughs) the crapper yeah yeah yes the crapper yes yeah that uh that was a big thing back then and we used back then but then also going further back before we took our break, you were talking about a, a time where the, the fish got left in the fridge. Right. We had a very similar experience when we would fish all season. When we got up to Labor Day, we would still clean the fish. Right. And we would still put them away so we would eat them. And oftentimes we would leave them and forget them when we closed Mm. shop. Mm. So when we came back and the power was off and it was springtime, (laughs) we had a very uh, not so great uh, encounter with a lot of dead fish. (laughs) Wow. Mainly panfish. Aromatic. Yes. Yes. Fragrant. That's that's a something to remember. Yeah. 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 You don't forget forget that. We were just. We were just. reminiscing about several seasons ago yeah coming up late summer yeah and uh i don't know what it was a carp oh yes i think it was a carp laying there bloated in the sun oh yeah amidst the duckweed you know just looking like if you touch it with a stick it's going to explode and uh so we tried to tried to move it it away from the dock out into the channel of the river and let it carry this thing down. and all we ended up doing was basically piercing this thing and getting over. Bye. back. Oh, and it kept coming back. Yeah, it was like it was like a oh, like a cheap suit. There's a Mark Twain story about that some barrel there on a river or something and some wooden barrel is floating and seems to follow the vessel oh, there. Geez. <laughs> and then I think it's some spook story. I don't know. Or maybe, haunted buoy. Yeah. And, yes. and uh, I think there was something frightening in it. So yeah. we won't open that uh, Bluebeard's box. Not, not but, yet. Uh, right. But that's yes. what it was like. It was like, oh, Gimmick let's box. get this thing yes. out of here. But it would just keep coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. The carp came back. The carp kept coming back. Well, that and if you remember way down on the, the curve of the river by where the old railroad oh, collector the, used to be that... that Beaver. Seven times its normal size bloated beaver <laughs> wow. laying, laying there in the duckweed, just kind of rolling back that and forth. That I've never seen. The fish I have, but. And all I could think was beaver, if anybody no. fired like a BB gun at that thing, there would be an explosion. Oh. Followed, by, followed by a, a wave of chemical warfare. <laughs> that, that's not even. We have fun. to evacuate this end of the river. Everybody out. It's bad. Wow. Hazmat. Yeah, no good. Well, I remember uh, Tim Russell talking about Lower Cullen Lake and, and their their fish house and their boathouse. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. And the young people camping out in the boathouse. Yep, yep. The screen windows and let's all grab a couple. Oh of yes, his fond memories of uh, peeing through the screen. peeing through the screen yeah. windows. Oh, oh my god! Didn't want to go outside. Yeah. 
So you just pee through the window screens. <laughs> we used wow. to, uh, during the 4th, we used to buy a ton of bottle rockets. Oh, yeah. Okay. And back then, because we thought it was fun and legal, we would fire them at each other. Absolutely. <laughs> I did that. I did why that. not? Yeah. Right? It's, it's, it's safe. Yeah. It's a good it's idea. It's clean fun. It's not funny until someone loses an eye. That's right. hilarious. Right. I mean, growing up, we were... I would say, except for two, uh, we were all boys on our block. Right. So at one point, I was not a part of this, but my two older brothers were, and they would line up all the boys in the alley laying down, and you tried to see how many you could jump of your friends with a bike. bike. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This was a... Uh, great way to crush a, a, great a pancreas way. or yeah. something. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Yikes. Man. So, yeah, there were a lot of those fun moments uh, <laughs> back Good, in the day. wholesome, great right. entertainment. Yeah. Wonder yeah. years. Exactly. But we used to do the same. We'd, we'd ride our bikes down, you know, to the end of the block, which uh-huh. was quite a ways. I mean, it was uh, we lived on kind of a meandering street, and then... Our neighbors had built a uh, rebar-enforced concrete driveway with the big kind of flange oh, sure. sides coming yeah. out. And you would ride as fast as you could and take flight off that thing into my front yard. And I still remember watching my my, my poor, poor neighbor, Dennis, yeah. hit that thing right after they'd graveled the roads. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> and he did one of those, like, power faceplant spins in yeah. the rocks and, like, was pretty badly. I did that dinged. to my oh knee. Oh my god! Well, he, he looked like he'd faced you know five rounds against Sonny Liston or something. Right. And he, and just like, <laughs> oh my god, dude! I mean, he couldn't even come out and play for a while because yeah. he was just like, oh, my, yeah. my face hurts. Yeah. Uh, and I remember seeing him on that bike later, and then the whole thing just collapsed in half. Oh my! <laughs> I started god. laughing, holding the handlebars, and the other half's rolling downhill behind him. <laughs> well, just desserts, I guess. But uh, wow, yeah, god. boy, the old days of oh, those, yeah. those, yeah. those, those. They oiled the streets and then and then rocked yeah. pea gravel, and yeah. you'd hit that stuff. Oh yeah. Oh, I remember a. a the South African World Cup of years ago and the yeah. Vuvuzela plastic yep. trumpets that annoyed everybody. Oh, they were. And I had one of those. Yeah. I had one of those and I was riding my bike, one hand on the on the you know, handlebars and the yep. Vuvuzela to my face yeah. as I hit a big drift of loose pea gravel. Yeah. And yeah. I had that I was when pulling I was rocks out of too. my knee skin for That's happened yeah. to me too, yeah. in the yep. knee. Yep. And it's stuck there. Oh, yeah, elbows, yeah. wrists. Yeah, yeah. I had stones under everything. Oh, it was awful. Yeah. Stupid stuff, but good, clean fun. You yes. lived through it. Yeah. It's too bad that the Gull River narrows and snakes into something that's barely... You Passable. can't travel in yeah, it. You can't really get Maybe in a kayak, maybe. But nobody's right. really ever done it. Right. Yeah. I've gone up on a canoe as far as I could go, but... I mean, literally, then you'd have to portage around the little dam. Oh, wow. The, right. the Gull Dam, right. and then, then go back into this. So so we couldn't come and visit th- through the water this way, but uh, we could trailer up the wearing, boat. Wearing and, our buckskins and our coonskin caps. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was kind of funny on the way over here. There was this huge department, you know, transportation sign all mm. lit up. Gull Dam Road closed ahead. Yeah. I was like, oh, well, Gull Dam it. About that. <laughs> exactly right. Emerald Dam. We can't go. Oh, see. it's a dam. Oh, I get it. I've been to that I dam. I've been to, you know, back in the day. I used yeah. to go to that dam a lot. Yeah. Did you fish it? Uh no, okay. no. All Never right. fished it. All right. There was one other thing I was going to mention. The boat tours. What is the vehicle you're taking out on Lower Gulf, David? When you uh, 
Is that, are we talking pontoons here? Pontoon. We okay. Yeah, all right. yeah, how, okay. How big a how big a hot oh, scat water gosh. do you have on the back of that bad boy? I would say it can fit eight people. Okay. You and, know. and what what horsepower? Is it in, inboard, outboard? What are we talking? It's about? an outboard ninety. Okay. Well, that'll get oh, you. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Stable. Very yes. stable. Yeah. I was going to say, it's kind of a, a parting shot here. I yeah. was enjoying the upstairs view and noticing that a very large jet black squirrel was running up your hill. Yes. And according to my friend who is big into Irish folklore, that yeah. they are uh, they are harbingers ah. of uh, All Hallows' Eve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just leave it that. Big crows and black squirrels. And don't turn your back on them. For us, at least, like, down in the cities, I know, especially in the wintertime, yeah. every now and then when we're walking the dog, we'll see a white squirrel. Oh, yeah. Yep. One year, there was one that got caught Ooh. up on the roof, right. a flying squirrel. Flying squirrel. Uh, yeah. yeah. I've seen those up here. Which I have not seen, but my mother ended up finding one that was caught uh-huh. and had somebody come out and, you know, release it. Yeah, we've seen them at our place, like at night. Well, you remember when it's we... It's kind of freaky. It's like, you right, feel like you're in right. the Wizard of Oz movie or something. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the the monkeys. monkeys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We chatted up Stan Tequila, and he was there that... Yeah. All, was it Oliver? Orville. 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 Orville, the flying squirrel. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. friendly. Cute Very friendly. friendly. I think they yeah. rescued yeah. it or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was, that was fun. Well, well, gosh. A king-sized thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Thank you for coming out. I troubadour, lyricist, songwriter... And, of course, Daredevil. Fisher. Aficionado. Absolutely. Thank so, you for having me. And, and glad to have you. And thanks glad, for the coffee. Glad to have you. And thanks for the coffee. And uh, from live on the banks of the Lower Gaul, Bjorn Leistat and Fudd Klugman saying, signing off. We'll see you next adieu. time. Another great interview with... Uh, it was. It was. I mean, the, the other thing, too, is that we find that there's... So much in common. I don't know if it's that he's a Minnesota St. Paul guy. Well, had similar stories of we're thick like that. Youthful St. Paulers, you dangerous, know? yeah, playful activities yeah. like jumping over the bodies of your friends on bikes, bicycles, leaping <laughs> over, you know, hoping you don't crush their pancreas, <laughs> the rear tire. <laughs> yes, indeed. You'll Shooting probably wipe bottle out. rockets. I mean, you know, you hit that torso, and then <laughs> oh, you're, you're going down, too. Yeah. So oh, yes. It's, it's, a, it's a yard sale. Check out the album on Spotify or iTunes. It's yep. called yep. Uh, Green and Green Blue, and Blue. Yep. by Yeah, yeah fine. yeah, yeah, fine. And you get to hear Bjorn uh, grooving on the bass. Rocking and, out. And uh, it's, it's good stuff. It's fun stuff. I really liked it, and liked talking to Dave, and loved uh, visiting his place. Oh, Man, I'm, Unbelievable. I'm jealous. I, I, had it been early enough, maybe a, a pontoon cruise yes. on Lower Gull would well, have been I'm sure we, I, I, I'm doubting that that offer doesn't still exist. Right. I'm guessing we still have I'm that sure. He, he, if, if we could ever find that place again. Oh, I know. That's right. <laughs> took that, us a while to snake our way tough. back to... Yeah, it was, it, was, uh, it was a hidden gem. Nice place, a good time. All right. Hopefully, our a smaller gap before our next show. Right. And, right. And we do have plenty on tap. Oh yes. It's it's not the the, the content hasn't gone away, Fudd. No. We just, just we've had to do a couple other things in the meantime. Yes. In the bleak. Yes. In the bleak. Winter. Yeah. It's been a long one. Um, Looking and, forward and, to you know the thaw. Yes. The chimney and the cigar tonight, and it's 
Yeah. 39 degrees, but right. we're still looking at three feet of snow in your backyard. And <laughs> it's still a white landscape. There, yeah. there, there will come a spring, I'm told, and 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 we ne- area we, poets, we always authors, and musicians will get back yes. in there, Loma Crafts, and yes. start tossing arbogasts, top floaters out onto the various streams, Maybe. lakes, and creeks. Cigar butts. Cigar butts with human faces <laughs> yes, on it. Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> the hammer, the copper daredevil. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> anyway, all right. we'd like to thank you all again for staying the course and hanging in there with us. And yeah. uh, thanks, thanks so much to David. David Ebner, uh, yeah, yeah, fine, and, and donating their time and sound. And uh, let's check out the movie. All right. Let's go see a film. Sounds good. All right. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.